Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Stars! A 49-yard field goal! And Indiana leads 27 to 24! Austin Indorak wants to throw it. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Y'all wanted somebody new. And you're still complaining. Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter at Braggley. That's B-R-A-G-G. And I'm here as always. With one of the complainers, my co-host, Brandon, you can find him on Twitter at Brandon Dubich. Brandon, spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? There's nothing more than I can appreciate, especially in professional career, than failing upwards. Welcome to the club, Walt Bell. Listen, man, if anybody has ever succeeded at UMass with football, please be welcome to tell me what their name is. I mean, um, he wasn't good at Maryland, so he gets a better job well, Maryland, then at Florida FSU. State. Yeah. And, then, and then he gets a then he fails at Florida State and he gets a better mm-hmm. job as a head coach. And then he arguably is the worst head coach in that span of time. And then his demotion is a power five offensive coordinator. I mean, it is he's literally needs to write the book. He must be the best interviewer in the history of the game and i can't wait to get into it he may have just shown up with a t-shirt on have you seen what he looks like in a t-shirt no fantastic looks good he's not like totally ripped like he's not like sean mcveigh is he like is he, is he like the jets head coach who is just no you know, not quite there no no no. he just he's got it's good he probably runs a lot it looks like he runs a lot moon on track club yeah there you go perfect uh and joining us i would say as always but not really is now the number one overall ranked IU football podcast producer, Seth, and you can block him on Twitter. It's at Setah5, S-E-T-A-H-5. When I say that, I mean he is the number one overall ranked producer for IU-related podcasts. That's what I was getting at. So there we go. Hey, and by the way, the stuff we were talking about earlier is about the hiring of Walt Bell Jr., I think he's Walt Bell Jr. I think his dad goes by Butch. Um, Brandon, I am okay with the hire. I'm not super excited, but I can tell you why I think it is a good hire. What I, some of his career highlights, what he did well at even at Florida State, Maryland. I think he was dealt a bad a bad deal at Maryland, but still did okay. And then uh, I cannot put up anything for of a fight for what he did at UMass because. I don't think anybody could do anything at UMass if you gave them all of the resources possible. It's impossible. So tell me why you hate the hire, why you like the hire, and I'm not going to interrupt you one time. So, I mean, we talk about coaching trees a lot, right? Walt Bell is of the DJ Durkin, who is arguably a laughing stock in coaching circles. And then Willie Taggart, who couldn't win at Oregon or Florida State. You know how easy it is 
how easy it could possibly be to win at Oregon and Florida State. And Willie Taggart bottomed out both of those programs. Their lowest they've ever been was from Willie Taggart. That's who this guy mentored from, right? DJ Durkin and Willie Taggart. So, I mean, he's kind of screwed to begin with. I actually feel a little bad for him, but let's get away from that. I just was a side note. We talked, we had a great, I think last week's podcast was one of the best podcasts we had. It was really, really good. I got on here and I made little boxes. These are, these are the things I want. These are the things I'm looking for. Checks them. Which, which ones? Offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator with past experience. Correct. A quarterback coach. I think I meant offensive coordinator with successful experience. He does. does. I'm sorry. I left that out. I'm sorry. I had to actually include something that you would put on your resume not less than three touchdowns a game. If you want stats, Mr. Statman. Yeah, Mr. Oh, Math get guy. ready for him. Get ready for him. Go ahead. So I'm not interrupting you. Go. What does this guy's resume look like? What boxes does he check? Because everything I laid out, there's not a single one. He can kiss any kind of head coaching ambitions away, right? Ain't no one going for two and 23. Not, not five years, not 10 years away. I said I wanted somebody who wanted to be a head coach in three to five years. None. I wanted a good recruiter. That guy didn't bring anybody. I wanted somebody with ties in the South. Tennessee, kind of, maybe. But who has he really brought with his connections in the South? Um, So, again, the guy brings no sauce. He seems like a great value version of Kalen DeBauer. Trying to find somebody that's young, but he does, he, he is a lesser version of everything Kalen DeBauer's resume was. If I hire people, if I saw this resume, I'm not even getting to half of the page before this is going in the trash. And a resume ain't everything, right? You want to hire based on culture. You want you can hire based on potential. I don't think he fits either one of those either. What does this guy fit? That's all I got. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you why it is a good hire. Okay. Let's go through his. Let's go through his his offensive coordinating. History. We're not going to talk about his time in, U- in UMass, which we've already talked about. Seriously, I, I legitimately don't know if I could have done two better than two and whatever he was. 23. 23. Don't, not a clue. You. I was going to go like 31, but I think they saved him some suffering and they got rid of him pretty early. But okay. At Arkansas State. 8% of your games, by the way. 2014-2015, Arkansas State. Did you see these numbers? Top 20. In the country, total offense, total scoring offense in 2014. He were 12th in total points and 37th in total yards in 2015. Competition, right? But again, Arkansas State doesn't usually play a cakewalk of a, of a non-conference schedule. And in the, even in the non-conference schedule, they put up pretty fat numbers. So let's move on to where his promotion comes, where he had to go deal with DJ Durkin. And oh, yeah four quarterbacks 
over two years. Um, again, we talked about this a little bit off the pod. You can Purdue's say whatever you offensive want. coordinator made Aiden McConnell good, dude. Aiden McConnell, yeah. I bet, didn't have what? near the talent some of these Maryland quarterbacks no. did. Nah, nah. An offensive coordinator at. can scheme around a quarterback. Blaming quarterback talent. That's what like, if we what did we like just like, do well, all of last season? Suck. What Who did we hired just do? the employees? Oh, what did we just do all of I thought we were gonna do this without uninterrupting. I guess not. You getting that much hot fire right now? They averaged 39 points per game against IU in the two games that they played when he was offensive coordinator. Um, at Florida State, they were second in the ACC 28th in the country with a what I would consider a laughable quarterback. Um, apparently, he did pretty decent. But second in the country, or second in the ACC, 28th in the country in passing yards per game. Um, a little bit of a factor for some of the bad stats, in my opinion. You talked about how bad, how bad Willie Taggart was. Well, he was co-offensive coordinator and head coach and had control of the play calling until the ninth game of the season. The one season he was there. Their offensive line was completely decimated. And that's all I can tell you about Florida State. There had to have been some reason. Somebody took somebody from Florida State with one season and made them a head coach. Desperation is a stinky cologne. (laughs) Again, is he an incredible um, interview? Probably. That's probably how all of this works. That is literally like everything I can defend him on, other than saying that he fits the mold of somebody that we want as far as past experience, legitimate past experience as an offensive coordinator. Whether or not he or his players or the scheme worked wherever he was at outside of Arkansas State is totally different. We didn't ask for completely successful person but at least somebody with some sort of a background in an an offensive coordinating position which is number one which you cannot say nick sheridan had so so also it's funny you brought up nick sheridan let me bring up nick sheridan because i got insight i have a lot of florida state friends a lot of florida state family i went into there and i asked them here's a question do you like getting first downs or running pass plays behind the line of scrimmage one comment do you like running the same three plays in a row and then punting? Do you enjoy playing almost entirely out of shotgun yet running only draw plays? How good are your receivers for the screen game? They better get good at it. He doesn't know how to coach inside zone blocking yet. All they run is in zone inside zone blocking. He's not the offensive line coach, so that'd be pretty tough to coach the offensive line there, bub. <clears throat> okay, well, either way, the, what that I'm was, saying that is... That was Florida State. That was Florida State. Again, again, sourpuss. Again, he fits what we need. We're missing an offensive coordinator. We're missing a quarterback coach. I will go do it. With, <laughs> fits somebody with experience. Fits somebody with experience in the thing. Again, give him some time. How excited were we to have Mike DeBoer? You remember him? That was exciting. Oh, Tennessee. Oh, Michigan. Oh, cool. How good was he? No. <laughs> we couldn't wait to get him out of here. And then we bring in Caleb DeBauer, who, what kind of background did he have? Fresno State? He was pretty good at Fresno State, right? And then what did he come in and just totally turned around the offense one year, boom, gone. So who knows? Who knows what he can come in and do? Again, 
you got to give it some time. I'm going to defend the hire as much as I can. There, there, there has to be a reason they took him. It has to be. So you keep saying there has to be a reason. What if that those reasons aren't positive? Like why we would they have why? no money? No, we got spurned by everybody else. Now you're right. Am I going too hard on Walt Bell? Yes. Yes, I probably am. I'm prob being reactionary. I'm being dramatic. Anyone who's listened to this podcast know I check both those boxes. But what I think we have we have to do is we can question a hire. You do that at your job. Yeah. We do that at you know all the time. We can question why we hired the person. You're right. And, and realistically. I'll convince myself that this is a good hire. Realistically, I'll give Walt Bell a chance. But right now, Indiana Athletics and Tom Allen need to be questioned. It fall this falls less on Walt Bell because he can't change it, right? His, his experience, his track record is what it is. But what can be questioned is the people making the hiring. You don't blame the employees. Heavy lies the crown on people who are making the decisions. And if something is based on money or it is based on other reasons, that 100% can be fairly criticized. Yeah, but I don't think we'll ever find Well, we might find out about the money. Uh, when we see what he's getting paid, we will. Yeah, that's true. $700,000. And it also gets UMass off the hook for paying any of the unpaid salary from his termination. That's pretty significant the budget for the money. position was allegedly 800,000 to 1.1 million per year. So, I mean, you look at some of these other guys, you're telling me that, I don't know, when you look at Justin, well, maybe not Justin Fry, but would have been fantastic. We wouldn't have oh, really, really. We talked, you hated the Liberty. That. The Liberty coach would have been great. But again, you're telling me that those dudes would have turned us down or that we would have interviewed them. You, you, did we interview them? I don't know. We don't know any of those. We don't, nothing. It'll Until, come out. All that stuff will come out. It will. And so let's wait and we'll see what happens. Apparently the rumor is, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, Zach Kitley was offered the job and turned it down and also turned down. What were the other schools? Auburn, Auburn Texas. Was Texas the other one? No, no. just Auburn and Miami. That's it. Yeah. And Indiana. Yeah. I mean, Texas Tech makes sense with his style of offense, but it doesn't make sense as a career choice. I mean, I guess unless you're Cliff Kingsbury. So um, speaking of that, and off topic, apparently Oklahoma's trying to get Cliff Kingsbury out of the NFL and back to college. Or they were. I guess they just rehired their defensive coordinator as a head coach, but that was one of the hot rumors out there too. So... Okay, cool. Oh, I, I just to stay on that. Cliff Kingsbury is a bad coach. Talk about a really bad resume. Talk about a really bad resume. Okay, if he, okay. If he can go lock in a ten to twelve year contract, that's a hundred and hundred twenty million dollars. You do that because yeah. guess who doesn't give out those kind of contracts? The NFL. So if he can go guarantee himself a hundred and twenty million dollars from Oklahoma. Yes, that's technically a demotion. Going back to college football is a lot harder of a job, right? And it's not viewed near as nice as an NFL job. Both of those are true, 
But do you see the way Cliff Kingsbury lives? Have you seen his house or his suits or his cars? You know what this guy likes more than resume? He likes money. So low-key, 100% think it makes sense if Cliff Kingsbury goes to because that dude's a fraud and he's not that good of a coach. So <laughs> The number one overall seed in, seed in the NFL. Not a good coach. He is not. He's trash. He's won three games with Colt McCoy. That defense is incredible. The offense is pretty damn good, too. But, like, apparently they're offering him an extension after this. I was trying to see what it was going to be worth. That it ain't 100 mil. No, but he's going to have the MVP. But no, we'll see. That's insane. Bad coach, though. He's bad. I thought you were going to say he was bad at Texas Tech. He was. He was a great offensive coach. But not his record at Texas Tech. He doesn't want a good. single playoff game. Yeah, but they're fine. They'll win this year. They're going to win the NFC. Transfers out. Let's talk about that. Can we wipe our butts? Can we stop pooping on Walt Bell? Wipe our butts and move on. Nope, Seth. Walt Bell, I will give you a a chance. I think your resume stinks. I think you're setting a low bar, but I can't blame you for getting hired. Okay, real quick. If you looked at his resume without checking, like without going to his references, and you saw offensive coordinator, if this is all you saw, offensive coordinator, Arkansas State, off OC, Maryland, OC Florida State head coach. I see that he hasn't had a winning season since 2015. Well, he doesn't coach the teams, but that's correct. That's not winning culture. I've I've made hires based on Myers Briggs testing and cultural fits over resume. That's why I'm going to give Walt Bell a chance. There you go. Because there are factors, but I can question the heck out of the people that hired. I get it. I get it. But let's see what let's see what comes out here at the end. See why we didn't make some splash higher, whatever it was. And splash. So there you go. Splash. But yeah, you know, and I said this to you, and then we'll move on. Tom Allen is not going to make a stupid hire. He's he's okay. How did I put it? He's not stupid because he saw what happened with his number one, his team, number two, the fan base, and what is happening with Nick Sheridan. One for three is a good batting average on in baseball. Not Hiring one out of three good offensive coordinators is not. He's brought in DeBoard, DeBauer, and Sheridan. Did he bring in DeBoard? He did bring in DeBoard, didn't he? But that was like a yep. buddy thing. That's like a new head coach thing. So he's done a buddy thing two, two out of three times? Twice. Twice in like the, oh, crap. We need to hire this guy. It could be a young and up-and-comer. And he was not good. No experience. Not a good hire. But we'll see what happens. See what happens with this one. All right, let's talk uh, a little bit of negativity, then we'll get into uh, some of the positive stuff. Um, You said you weren't sad about this, man, but 2020 was fun. But transferring out quarterback Michael Penix Jr. Um, This season, just not the same kid, man. 87 of 162 throwing the football, which is about 53% which I think is half of Aiden O'Connell's, which make it does make sense when you check out the math. Um, four touchdowns and seven picks. What did he play? Four games? Three and a half games? Man. And it, but coming off a 2020 second-team All-American, it just, you know, we wish him the best. Um, I think we kind of called this. 
But then we kind of talked ourselves. Well, as Seth said it, I think he said it best on the tweet. We called it, but then we talked ourselves back into it. And then it happened. So any thoughts on Mikey? Yeah, no. I mean, so when you said sad, I think I've went into the acceptance phase already, right? Like we're not doing this podcast if not for Michael Penix. Mm -hmm. Right. Indiana isn't doesn't have a doesn't have the glimmer of hope without Michael Penix. Michael Penix gave me the most enjoyable college football season I've ever had at my time of life in this planet. I have nothing but respect and love for Michael Penix. But it was time for both parties to do this and everyone can win. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to call us a divorce, right? But sometimes divorces are the best thing for everyone. The kids. Um, so, no, I, I hope this guy goes. I don't want him to go to Fresno State. I don't, I don't, or Washington. I don't want him to go to Washington. I would love for him to go to a group of five school and just light it up. Just light it up. Wherever he'll go, I'll watch games. I'll, I'll 100% tune in to wherever the heck Michael Penix plays. Um, and, dude, thank you for everything. You just said group of five, and you just scared the crap out of me. Not Cincinnati. We'll go to Cincinnati. That's what I was thinking. No. You don't think so? Not a chance? No. Okay. All right. Got Sun Belt written all over him, Conference USA. Oh, see, I see him going to, like, USF. I can see that. Back home. I can see him. I can see him playing in those. I think that I think is that the athletic. Oh, the athletic in, uh, would be group of the, five USF. AAC, or is that conference USA? They're AAC American. Yeah, I thought they were American. I mean, an American American team just made the college football playoffs. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, one other transfer out since our last pod is uh, today. Shamar Jones, uh, defensive tackle. <laughs> Never really made a big impact. Had a couple decent plays here or there, but uh, nothing big. I I think we're going to kind of continue to see some leakage here. Um, a couple more players Contact out. Your doctor, if you have yeah, excess right, leakage, exactly. Um, funny. I got a little funny Shamar Jones story. So I never wrestled in in high school, but my best friend um, was a national champion. Uh, my younger brother had an opportunity to wrestle at Ball State for a short period. I've been around wrestling almost my entire life. Shamar Jones was like a stud wrestler. Like, and I was so excited for him because you see all these defensive linemen that are wrestlers have, you know, great footwork and great balance. And I think Shamar Jones is only like a two star coming out of like Pennsylvania. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was super excited about this guy, and he could never find the field. Like, what was he a junior? Um, We've so. so bummer, but I, I was low key excited when he committed. Yep, yep. All right, well, let's be a little bit positive here for a little bit. Um, we got some transfers already. Transfers in, adding some some major uh, power five talent. Hopefully. Um, Again, we talked about these people. Well, we talked about two of the four last week. Uh, the first one, Emory Simmons is coming back, Brando. Welcome uh, back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Had a decent, actually, 
probably one of our, if he was a receiver for us last year, would have been one of the top receivers on the team. Uh, and he only played about half the season. Uh, 11 catches, 243 yards and a touchdown last year. And then again, entered the portal. I think it was November 8th. So roughly, you know, three weeks before the end of the season. Um, next, again, kind of a deep threat guy. You can go check out some of his uh, highlights. He's had a great touchdown against Notre Dame. I think it was last year. Um, back corner of the end zone. Uh, next guy in linebacker Bradley Jennings Jr. We talked about him a lot last week. Miami transfer again, a, a similar thing to Simmons entered the portal in the, about the same time. Only 14 tackles last year, but in 2020, 39 tackles, three sacks. The highlight tape on this kid again, it is highlight tape, explosive. Um, really hits the gap, did a really good job at rushing the passer. Again, these are people coming from Power Five, uh, Power Five conference teams, and big time transfers for it transfers in. Um, anything else you want to add on Bradley Jennings Jr. at all? And um, he's probably the one I'm most excited about. Uh, Emory Simmons. I, while I love it on paper, I got fooled by Cam Buckley. So like I'm yep. I'm hesitant on four star wide receivers that bodies look like Greek gods. Um, so, uh, yeah, Bradley Jennings, I think we talked about how linebacker depth really hurt us and I'm not going to name any names because I certainly did that enough in the season, but like after Micah and cam, nobody. Yep. So I can't emphasize, uh, the, the excitement I have for a potential starter or at worst, um, some talented depth, which definitely needs it at that position group. Yeah, and a, another position group of need is interior defensive line, and we picked up two dudes, both from Ole Miss, and both are big dudes, really big dudes. Uh, I wrote down for Ladarius Cox, I wrote him down as monster, six foot five, three hundred and twelve pounds. Last year, six tackles, two quarterback hurries, and a four. I'm sorry, in 2021, six tackles, two quarterback hurries, and a and a fumble recovery and a limited playing time. Last year, they tried to move him to offensive line. And uh, obviously, they don't do a whole lot of stats for that. Don't have any stats for him there. But he won't play there for IU. He's going to play defensive tackle at IU. Um, and then Patrick Lewis. They seem to be best buds, according to the Twitters. Uh, I wrote him down as slightly smaller monster. He's only 6'3", 290 pounds. A uh, little bit concerning. He tore his ACL 2019 late in the season. Um, had a decent freshman year, started a few games for Ole Miss and then kind of tailed off 2020 recovering from the injury and didn't get many stats last year. So do you have anything you want to add on those two guys? Position of need, uh, again, not, not really any stats, but the guys we brought in from old, you know, Ryder Anderson turned out pretty well that that safety, Jonathan Haynes, I don't think did. He was injured, much. injured a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but Never hurts to bring in SEC talent with SEC size. Right. Um, okay. Super quick word from our sponsor, Monon Track Club, and then we're going to get into Brando's Randos. And then, unfortunately, we will revisit our predictions um, from last weekend, which were not good. So uh, Seth is raising his arms up like, I didn't do predictions. Yeah, it's because you were out there just spreading it around, bro. So speaking of spreading it around, spread the word about Monon Track Club. MTC is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. 
check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and the shop sick gear from their shirts to hoodies to koozies. You're going to need some hoodies coming up here in the next couple of days. It's going to be real cold. So as a thank you to our listeners, they were offering 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10 at checkout. That's LEO10. Now, back to the show and on to Brando's Randos. Brandon, hit it. Yeah, so uh, we talked so much on, on the wall bell news, but guess what? I got more questions. Um, what hire would have gotten worse online response? And maybe you guys don't have names, but do you think of a, of a situation um, that you think would have? Because, again, it's been all online. Everyone that actually reports on this has mums been the word. Uh, so I don't think there's been actually you know, not no indie star, no pigs, no no ESPN. They're really I mean, there's been Reddit boards were ripping this apart, but Reddit boards, Twitter and, and message boards have been tearing this apart. So. Um, the most toxic places on planet Earth, planet Earth. Yeah, but but what else? What could have been a worse hire, other Rick, than a two of twenty three independent coach? Rick Sheridan, Nick's evil brother. Wait, that <laughs> might that might make him good then if it's if it's opposite. No, he's like a twin brother. Like, but they're like the twins that like when one of them gets punched in the arm, the other one feels it like that. So it would have been the same person. No, it's just Nick Sheridan with a mustache. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> would have would an in would have an internal hire of McCullough or Hurd? None of or, them have offensive coordinator experience. But would that have gotten a worse response than this? It would have been different. It would have been different. It wouldn't have been good, but it would have been different. What if we brought back Mike Hart from Michigan? No OC experience, right? Or was he like assistant offensive? No, something weird. No, would, I, I would have think been again, a worse online response. No, but it would have been different. It would have been a different one. Like, why are we doing this? There's no experience. They said they wanted experience. They said they wanted a big splash. Maybe splash. Mike Hart would have been fine, I think. But the other one's internal hire. It would have been a go oh, same old IU, same story, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. Sticking <laughs> coaching questions. Um, do you think, obviously, there, there is now an early recruiting period. I think it's been around for three years. And there's the portal. Was the pressure of the early recruiting period and the portal a reason for possibly hiring the wrong person? I wasn't listening. I was making a joke in the chat. I'm sorry. Say that again. Was the early recruiting period and the portal the urgency to capitalize on both of those possibly a reason to hire somebody that you maybe weren't a hundred percent sold on. Yes. Yeah. You've got to get it, it done. Be? No. Yeah. Saying yes. I say no. Honestly, okay. we've all, again, I, people are going to want me to shut up about my professional life, but yes, if you don't, if you want to fill a position in 90 days and you don't have the right, person to fill in 90 days and there's going to be a negative you know whether that's revenue or production or whatever if you don't hire that person it costs more to a company to hire fire and hire again than it is to miss whatever that time period is to hire the right person there's been endless studies that hiring firing and rehiring is worse so I'm with Seth. Seth is nodding his head saying, 
absolutely they needed to get somebody in quick. I disagree. Well, I, I think that you're talking about adults. We're talking about kids. <clears throat> and I think that the worst thing a kid can see is an empty chair. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. When you talk about hiring, firing, like whatever, I understand getting a recruit or maintaining a, a current player or a transfer isn't you're not losing money per se. But if you don't have an offensive coordinator and Nick Sheridan does get on somewhere, then who's to say he doesn't start poaching Jabrian Payne or what happened don't with Josh say that. or any of these those players love those players love Nick Sheridan. Yeah. So by getting somebody in the door, one that gives you enough time to convince all of the current recruits of, Hey, this is the guy, this is what I'm coming in to do. This is where I see you playing in my offense. This is how it's going to work. This is what I've done in the past with certain players, i.e. DJ Moore, stuff like that. This is what we can do. This is how we're going to, this is how I see you succeeding as opposed to, being like Tom Allen, just being like, just, just hang on. I'm going to get you somebody and hope that somebody is still available. That's good enough to keep those players anyway. So hopefully that's, I would say, yes, I, I agree with what you're saying as far as like, maybe we hired the wrong person and then firing somebody else and hiring them again, is going to be more money down the long run. But as far as maintaining the team that they have and the recruits that are available, I think that's the better the better word or better move. You know, I'm gonna agree to disagree there because in my mind, you're not playing on a one season contract. You're playing for the next two, four, six years. Um, but we'll see. But we'll what I'm saying is, market, you have to are you keep... playing on a one year deal? Well, I mean, that's all Walt Bell knew at Florida State. Well, he left Florida State. He wasn't he fired, fired from Portland. He was State. going to get fired. No, he left. So <clears throat> he left and got a head coaching job. Failing upwards, baby. Um, so we got to talk about the Hoover news, right? Um, just talked about how Nick Sheridan um, was beloved by recruits, was beloved by players, um, you know, as, as it came out, you know, over the offseason and whatever. Who would be the next biggest offensive recruit? To take it because I think we were all anointing Josh Hoover mostly dramatically um, and in jest. But I mean, I, I think we can all say it's a pretty big loss, especially because you need one quarterback every recruiting class. Like it's very important to get one. And we're not. I mean, you're just not going to get a quarterback in this class now, which will have effect. Right. It'll 100 percent have an effect down the line, not having a quarterback here. What would be the next big recruiting loss for it to happen i would say losing pain probably would be the biggest one um i kind of disagree with you on the the quarterback front i mean i don't know i don't think you're pay, i don't think you're pulling in a high school quarterback at this point and you would but, i don't think you'd want to any anyone that's left recruiting either has enough red flags or just isn't good enough yeah but you you have backup plans at some point, I mean, you have to have one for each one of these recruits that you at least that you consider a top recruit and quarter any quarterback recruit is always going to be one of the top recruits. But a, like the transfer portals available, there's other I mean, there are a few quarterbacks out there. I was going to look for it real quick. Um, 
that we. Yeah, I think were... that's another pod. I, I don't. I don't think we get a transfer quarterback in the next week. I think transfer options are probably a decent topic for next week. Yeah, I gotcha. Oh, Brian Maurer was the one I was talking about, the uh, Tennessee quarterback who we recruited in 2019, um, and went to Tennessee instead. So, um, yeah. So that's my thoughts. Seth, do you have anything on that? No. No, Payne, oh, Payne's the one that makes the most sense, but then you also don't want to lose any of the offensive linemen because that's also the biggest position of need. So any any uh, issue with uh, addressing the depth there would be doubly painful. I mean, what about the guy that was on ESPN? Freaking on You Got Moss. What about Omar Cooper? I mean, that wide receiver room is extremely bare. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Omar Cooper's big. You know, we love Omar Cooper. Everybody on this pod loves Omar Cooper. So, of course, that's big. But the the running back room is awfully bare right now, too, Brandon. <laughs> there's not a single scholarship player. Well, there's two. Two scholarship players in that in that room right now where you should have five. And you got to hope that Macaulay Velcro sticks. Oh, he's sticking. He'll be fine. No, I mean, I mean, the connection between Cooper and Macaulay. Oh, yeah. Being something that wants, keep, wants to keep them together. Gotcha. 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 Last question I have here. Um, obviously, everyone is pointing to Michigan State, but you can also point to Western Kentucky as schools that got tons of transfers in, then went on to have success the next season. Is it realistic to have that expectation or is are those anomalies? Are those outliers? Um, can't, basically, what I'm asking is, can a team be built on transfers because we thought this year some worked out some didn't not in the big 10 east no i would say yes and no so yeah you can build a team like similar to what michigan state did western kentucky like those two examples but i don't think the probability well obviously the probability of having what mich i mean peyton thorne is not a quarterback still Rocky Lombardi us, won the Mac, by the way. Did he? But he he's not a quarterback incredible. that any of us would rate as a good quarterback in the Big Ten East. But yet he had that team up to number two in the country in a in a college football playoff favorite for a bit for a week. But I'm not, I am in no way, shape, or form saying that IU could turn in next season what Michigan State did. But they can have a successful season in a bowl game, whether it's at six and six or at eight and four, is a success, especially compared to uh, this previously, previous year. So, yes, I would say having a successful season is possible with a team built on, and I'm not even going to say mainly in offense built on transfers yeah and i want to clarify something i i know the michigan states in the big 10 east i just think that michigan state and iu no offense are in kind of different situations there but i think from a success standpoint i think for iu success is six and six to eight and four and i think that is something that can be achieved and next year's with some schedule, transfer infusion yeah and next year's schedule not to look too far ahead obviously is is pretty favorable as far as crossover games and um home schedule and everything else. So it, we can have a successful season. Again, the defense seems to be like they're going to outside of the interior defensive line. And then obviously Ryder is 
going to stay pretty much intact. I mean, we're still waiting to hear on Micah, which either way he chooses is a hundred percent fine with me. Um, but the, the, all the corners are back. We forgot to talk about Jay Will, Jay Will and Monster staying. So big play Jay and, and Monster Matthews staying for another year. That's big. So that's it. You're done with your randos? That's it. All right. Let's get into producer Seth Sack. What do you got, bud? All right. Just a couple quick things here. Uh, the Heisman. All right. Um, speaking of transfers to Michigan State, how the hell Kenneth Walker didn't get invited to the Heisman ceremony is beyond me. Um, Aiden Hutchins. Somehow a- Gary Barta's fault. Oh, everything's <laughs> He's the worst. Gary and Barta you defended or- him last year, last week. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson got a lot of sacks. I like defensive players getting invited, so that's pretty cool. But definitely thought Kenneth Walker should have gotten in. Um, and then that CFP playoff show was just unwatchable espn i don't know how something so big can be so terrible at these things just completely unwatchable and the cincinnati sorry the the thing that kind of cracked me up about your your espn college football rant which was spot on by the way but they do this every year for the ncaa selection show like we know how long and drawn out and horrible they make these things so um we do it to ourselves i know Yes. I know I should have waited half an hour and then tuned in and then I would have gotten everything, but you know, or just not watch it. it. Well, that too. <laughs> that's, that's what t- I did. Twitter, t- Twitter. Twitter tells me five seconds later. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Cincinnati treatment is just nauseating, not because like they don't deserve to be in, but ESPN spent what the last 10 years, just shitting on group of five teams. And now they're trying to annoy. This is like, look what we allowed to happen. Look at this rose amongst swine. Look at this awesome thing that we allowed happen. It's just, it's, oh, it's just so cringe. Look and I hope they win. One I team they, that went undefeated. Yeah. And then they just like poop all over UCF too and joke about their national championship. Like that's the thing that just bugs me is you can't have it both ways. Like just embrace it. Hey, Don't be if so it wasn't for Cincinnati, Indiana got talked about twice on that show. So. Lots of highlights. <laughs> That's what I love about draft day. Well, not, it's not what I love about it anymore, but when we were bad, I'd always be like, ah, oh, look, it's against IU. Oh, here he goes. There's a touchdown. There we go. All right. That's it? You just have one? Single no, sack? That was, that was a couple. That was the, oh, okay. the Kenneth Walker and then I hate ESPN. Oh, we didn't ask us anything about... <laughs> Uh, I like Aiden Hutchinson going. I honestly, I think he might, he should win the Heisman. I don't think whatever his he name the, is from Alabama is that great. I think he's, I mean, he's no, great, so it, but this I don't is think the he's whole, deserving of a Heisman trophy. This is the whole thing. First of all, the school matters and the stage matters. Kenny yeah. Pickett had a better season than Bryce Young, mm-hmm. but Bryce Young looked absolutely incredible in the SEC championship. And that's all that matters. Yep. I mean, Kenny Pickett was lost in the ACC championship, but nobody's watching the ACC championship. You made me. (laughs) I didn't watch it. I didn't watch a second of it. Only thing I saw was his stupid, illegal, fake slide, that thing that he did. Dude, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny P's the man. But uh, impressive. But regardless, yeah, I mean, that's an SEC quarterback when the number one team in the country is going to win it, whether he's the best player or not. I mean, that's just. Do they do these before or after the playoff? Before, oh god! This the Heisen ceremony is yeah. December 11th. The championship game isn't played to January 10th. We got yeah, like really four more be, weeks of this. Really going to be cheering on the Bearcats. 
pull off a miracle. All right, let's revisit our conference championship predictions. Uh, as always, Brandon and I were um, pretty wrong <laughs> across the board. Uh, Brandon did nail, or we'll start with Pac-12, Oregon, and Utah. I thought the Ducks would uh, bounce back from their loss last time to the Utes. They did not. Brandon said the Utah would win, and he got the score right a little bit. Uh, Oregon fell 10 to 38, or, and Brandon picked Oregon 35, Utah 38. So there you go. It wasn't even that close. A little bit. Um, Big 12 championship, Baylor 21, Oklahoma State 16, and a thriller. Well, Great kind game. of a, a mind-blowing thriller. They, they lost the game on the one-yard line two times. I'm sorry, eight times they lost it on the one-yard line. So a total heartbreaker for OK State, or else they would have bumped Cincinnati out. And here we are. Brandon picked uh, – well, we both picked OK State to win, so we both lost that one. Uh, SEC championship, Brandon and I got – destroyed on the score brandon did pick the tie to win i was gonna say um, money line i went yeah you four got or five you're good yeah you're good scores not so much no not so much this is the only one i did pretty well on houston and cincinnati it was 20 to 35 i said it'd be 27 37 brandon said 20 to 25 or 20 to 28 um and then big 10 championship which was as i said meh and almost completely unwatchable after halftime. Michigan, 42, Iowa, 3. Neither one of us were close. I guess you were kind of close. Michigan, 30, Iowa, 18. No, I picked Michigan to win by 12. They won by 39. <laughs> I said kind of close. not close. Hold on. I got one quick question about Michigan. Are we mad that they got skipped over and stayed number two? Yeah. You know, when I went in here and wrote down what the top four college football playoff teams were to compare like what I said would happen, I wrote them down at one and then I went to go check to see if Georgia was four or Cincinnati was four. And then I was just now figured out that Alabama was number one. Cause there was no way they were going to put Alabama and Georgia two, three. They have to save that for the natty. It's not going to be good. Just so like I said this in my other good. podcast, who owns ESPN? Mickey what? mouse, Mickey mouse. What has yeah. Mickey mouse made an entire legacy on stories? movies they want the most audience they want the most clicks they want bama to jump the first because that's what everyone wants to hear they, they want, want bama, michigan if they have to if they had to pay for something they want bama michigan they want a rematch they want cinderella i mean these are just so obvious well i guess now is so I, obvious i guess now that no matter what happens they're gonna get bama and the money or they're going to get Bama in the rematch. So they've they've rigged that. So for whatever it was, I did say it was going to be Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati. I was hoping Bama got beat. And they were never going to put Cincinnati against Georgia or Michigan because that would actually be a good game. A they want game. Cincinnati to get destroyed so they can never have to talk about group of five <laughs> ever again. Again, Here the agenda is so obvious like they don't want a group of five to ever be relevant and this is the head that has to roll the problem is they have one of the best defenses in the entire country so, so does georgia did you see what alabama did yeah. cincinnati ain't georgia's defense bro well that's fine cincinnati seven 
in the country. Georgia was two. <clears throat> Georgia was one. Well, no, Georgia was two going in. Wisconsin's always been number one at total defense, but not scoring defense. So either way, there we go. Um, we're going to watch an execution when no, Alabama plays Cincinnati. Okay, we'll put money on it, me and you, whenever that comes down to it. I'll take Cincy in the spread. Um, yeah, there we go. Be sure to check out the pod on Twitter. It's Twitter doc, or twitter.com, whatever it is. I don't know. It's at podcast LEO. Be sure to download, follow, rate, review on all of our platforms. We'll talk to you next week when we talk about something else. We don't know yet. <laughs> and either way, I think there's going to be just, a lot to talk about yeah. over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I hopefully it'll be just as fun as this one was. So until then, we love you guys. Elio. 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 Number one. Producer for IU Football Podcast. He said. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that, Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day, Elio. Awesome, Elio. Elio. Elio.